This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Week 2 edition of NFL Friday, football podcast here at WFUV Sports. I'm Charlie Massano alongside Dominic Capone, Jackson Heil, and Chris Bocci doing our fantasy hits. Guys, what's going on? Well, week two coming up, and I think week two is always the time where fans are always saying the season's over for another team, and my team's going to the Super Bowl for someone else. 1-0, 0-1-1 going into week two, but Ravens fans saying their team's going to the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson's not a running back anymore, and uh, obviously with the Jets, Browns, they're all... It's just not good in what their fan base is right Besides now. Besides NFL teams talking about that, I think that's a huge fantasy take. Like after week mm-hmm. one, your team starts one and oh, I got the best team in the league. Yeah. Or if you're only one, every I got to start trading people. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very depressed. I already, I already it's know been, what twenty seconds into the show. Dom, I thought I'm, we were I'm depressed. This. I know. I am too. I am too. You're not Tell as depressed it. as me. And Tell I, us know, why. I know Jackson Hile referring to the big news: Sam Darnold having mono, missing multiple weeks for oh, the Jets. Man. Oh, this I thought you were already, depressed because Cam Newton lost again. Oh, my bad. Already the Jets in a dump, in a dumpster fire season. You need, you need to stop with your sarcasm today. <laughs> you have cool, sarcasm cool all down. the time. Cool it down. Don't don't try to help my depression with the sarcasm. I'm looking back you at email right now. We He's will talk more side. about the New York Jets and their dumpster fire season to Sorry, start already uh, in our Jets, Jets segment. But we'll start with another dumpster fire. That is the Carolina Panthers already 0-2 on the season. Lost last night in Thursday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2014. Had a chance to win the game uh, with a minute left, fourth and one on the goal line. Christian McCaffrey gets stopped, um, and the Panthers already starting the season not where they expected to be. I mean, they expected to loop. I assume they expected to have a tough opponent in the Los Angeles Rams week one, but you can't lose at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston. I don't think any of these teams are going anywhere this season, but... Going back to that goal line stance, McCaffrey, he brought it to the outside. All you had to do was dive, and he wanted to get the uh, get to the end zone, which is understandable. You're trying to win the game, but you had to get that first down right there, and it was fourth and inches or whatever it was. Uh, what a terrible game by Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton, uh, a lot of people are talking about his arm strength right now. It's just not there. Uh, granted, he had 333 yards um, in the air, but to me, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, both top picks, they haven't really done anything in their careers except for Cam Newton going to the Super Bowl, but it looks like a lot of people are riding them off right now. I know that the injuries are obviously always a concern with Cam Newton, but it's fourth and inches. Why aren't you giving the ball to Newton, who's a freaking house on the goal line, and just having him plunge by? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, no, for, for multiple reasons, but I mean, one... When does a QB sneak never not work? No, no, 100%. Work? It, it never does. It I, never I, don't, does I don't mind giving it to McCaffrey. I mind him going and bringing it to the outside. When you have just – all you have to do is basically dive, get that first down, uh, get the lineman in front of you and push the pile. I, I don't understand why I he just, tried to bounce it around. I just don't agree with the decision to run the ball in that situation. I give ha, Have Newton just plunge forward. Yeah, get the first. One, he's a house – Dude, yeah. we, we've seen Brady, Brady does it every time. I mean, Brady's a walking QB sneak for a first down or fourth and inches. You have a guy in Cam Newton who physically cannot be tackled mm-hmm. for the most part. I know they were concerned with his injuries, but there were multiple times where they had design rushes for him during the game. Especially with the game on the line in this situation, I, I don't understand it. Not to mention Christian McCaffrey had a awful night in terms of fantasy and 
just not he wasn't himself last night. 16 carries, 37 yards. You got to give a lot of credit to Todd Bowles, former Jets head coach, and the way he schemed this game uh, for Christian McCaffrey to be not a non-factor, and he only had two receptions for 16 yards receiving. So he was out of the equation all night. And Cam Newton, you, Dom, you mentioned it. His his shoulder does not look right. 25 of 51 throwing, 333 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, um, and he also lost a fumble. So Cam Newton. That's going to be a a storyline and a and a topic of discussion for Panthers and Pan the Panthers itself and the Panthers fans all year long. Is this guy healthy? Is this guy the same quarterback for me? I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. He proved it last night. Twenty five of fifty one passing, and he just missed a lot of wide open play. A lot, a lot of wide open targets. He had Curtis Samuel open a couple of times. He just overthrew him. Yeah. He he's just not the same guy that he was. Uh, when they when they went to the Super Bowl, and also the offensive line has to has to f- make adjustments. Shaquille Barrett had two sacks in a row uh, in that on game. Two plays, yeah, you're right. On two that straight plays, and no no one blocked him. Absolutely, no one blocked he him. Had he had three sacks. sacks the only the only sacks, and just you got to make adjustments throughout the game. They didn't do that, and like you said, credit to Todd Bowles, uh, uh, only keeping this Panthers team to 14 points. Buccaneers get the win. Bruce Arians, um, coaching again. Um, but did you guys see uh, on social media the uh, Peyton Barber just botches the block? Did you guys see that? And no, I just, didn't. I didn't see it on social media, but oh I watched goodness. the whole game. Basic, basically, a guy was coming towards Winston, and this this guy Barber just literally dives on the ground. I guess trying to go for like a chop block, but missed completely, and Winston got swallowed up. It was like it was really really. Barber bad. had himself a day too. Twenty three yeah. carries, eighty two yards, and, and a touchdown. It, yeah, the blocking was just bad. I know neither teams are going anywhere, and I, I don't think Jameis Winston is very good, but I, I think he also deserves some credit for what he did last night. I Agreed. Mean, I listen, agree with the, that. The numbers aren't spectacular. I mean, he was 16 for 25, 208 yards, and a touchdown. But, I mean, he was the perfect game manager that Tampa Bay Got needed last done. night. I mean, you recognize what's happening in Carolina where Cam Newton can't really move the ball down the field. So what it's going to take for them to score is long-scoring drives, long, outstretched drives that are killing a lot of the time. And all the Bucks have to do with the lead pretty much the entire game is just just manage the game like they did. And Winston did a great job of that, which he's not usually it's not usually custom to Jameis Winston. I mean, we saw what he did in week one. He had two pick sixes against the against the 49ers. So it, it's not something we're used to seeing from him. So I guess a step in the right direction. And I know we have our fantasy expert Chris Baccia here, but uh all the fantasy owners out there, I wouldn't be worried about Christian McCaffrey. I, everyone's gonna. Have I have him. him. I was uh, pretty <laughs> upset last night. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think this is gonna be a problem no, with him going I, forward. Definitely, I, it definitely won't. This be This is a, a fluke game for McCaffrey. But overall, I mean, I don't think Tampa Bay is the subject uh, of discussion today. I mean, it is the Carolina Panthers lost their first two games of the season at home, um, and dem- the first game was was rough to the to the Rams, but this one was just a lot more demoralizing. What do you guys think is is the outlook for this team going forward? I mean, Ron Rivera has to be on the hot seat. Um, he was last year. They gave him another year. If if this team finishes f- with five wins, six wins, missed the playoffs again, I think his time in Carolina is over. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yes, he got to a Super Bowl, um, but they haven't done anything since then. Cam Newton was one of the best um, all-around players in the NFL at one point. He was a, he was a, um, a dazzling player. He, you saw him in the end zone when he scored touchdowns, but I think that's all over. I think that's really starting to fade away from Cam Newton. I, he's in his 30s now. Um, he doesn't really run the ball that much anymore. And like you said, even though he had those 300 yards passing yesterday, the arm strength's just not there right now. So I think Ron Rivera is definitely on the hot seat. I don't think Carolina is going to do anything this year. Yeah, they're in a tough spot too because – you don't know what you're getting from Newton. 
at this point, and you don't know if he's the quarterback that they need to go forward with. And they're in a spot where they're kind of in the – I'm not going to say that they're in a spot where they can't compete, but they're in a spot where they're not totally terrible, where they are not going to be tanking for a top-five draft pick and going after Mm -hmm. a quarterback in the draft, so to speak. I know, obviously, next year's a big draft for quarterbacks, but, I mean, they have a relatively easy schedule going forward. I know they have the Cardinals next week on the road. But then Texans, Jaguars after that, followed by the Bucks again, and then 49ers. It kind of evens out after that. But, I mean, you got to think next week against Arizona has That's to a be must a must-win. Must-win must for be. sure. I mean, look, they lost their first two games both at home. So mm-hmm. you never want to start 0-2. Any, yeah, anytime you start 0-2, you think week three is a must-win. But th- to lose to Kyler Murray and the mm-hmm. Cardinals would be pretty terrible. So from Thursday Night Football, we'll transition into the other big news of the week. Me, E-Man, and Devin talked about him at length. Again, it's Antonio Brown, who's now a New England Patriot, uh, was released by the Raiders last week right after our podcast, uh, so we didn't really get to talk about that story that much, but again, gets signed by the Patriots. And now, an even bigger story, he's a part of a legal legal case civil lawsuit against him for uh, sexual harassment or sexual assault. Um, he, he is looking like he is going to play this week. Uh, the Patriots apparently did not know about the case before, uh, prior to him signing with New England, but it looks like he he will play this week. He's not going to be on the commissioner exempt list. So I I I think Antonio Brown is on thin thin ice going forward. If he does one more thing, this guy could potentially be out of the league. And I know he really doesn't care, but he's ruined his reputation. Whether this this story's true or not, and obviously everyone's hoping it's not true. Yeah. But he's ruined his reputation with all these storylines, his antics in in Oakland. It, I, Antonio Brown used to be a great – he is a great football player, but he used to be a great football player. People wanted him. And then this whole last year with Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, all that drama, going into Oakland, all that drama. And, and now with the Patriots, it's funny because any other team, I, I wouldn't say they are gonna they would cut him, but they would be starting to get nervous like, oh, crap, we just got this guy, and now um, we have to go forward with him with this uh, big cloud looming. But for the Patriots, no one's talking. Um uh, Bill Belichick hasn't talked. Tom Brady hasn't talked. Tom Brady even has him at his TV 12 uh, headquarters working out with him. And someone made a good point on Twitter. Tom Brady's all about his brand and stuff, and he, he's pretty pretty much a great guy. No off-field issues. And he's inviting this guy who has this story out, so he must think it's not true, and he believes Antonio because he's inviting him. They're working out all the time. But uh, this whole story is just weird, and I, I really hope it's not true. It's a really weird story. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, it's tough for a few reasons, but one, the timing of it is obviously so succinct because, I mean, it comes out, what, days after he signs with the Patriots, which obviously raises some red flags right away, and, I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where the NFL should go with this, but I'm finding it a little troubling to think that he's going to play this weekend, just because, obviously, it was such a big allegation, and I know there's nothing that he's going to be charged with, and the accusations are obviously still up in the air. I'm not going to judge on judge him until we get all the facts and stuff of that nature, but I, I don't know why they wouldn't put him on the commissioner exempt with Because it's a, ci- it's a civil one. lawsuit, not a criminal lawsuit. Yeah, so... That's the reason why he's not on the commissioner exempt list right it, now. It just it still doesn't make sense to me, though, just because with how much air has been around him, how much fire has been basically surrounding his name since he got released from Oakland, I just... 
it, it it's tough for me to see him play. I know he's obviously going to play, but if I was in Roger Goodell's shoes, I, I don't know how you let him play in this situation. And not even from Roger Goodell's shoes, but from the Patriots' standpoint. I, I yeah, know they, they, they really don't care. But to be honest, it's a bad look that you're playing him this week. And, it, and it's against the Dolphins, who I, I believe 90% of I'm NFL fans would say they're the worst team in the NFL um, this year. The Patriots, without Antonio Brown, I, I think could – could win by by 40 points against the Dolphins. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. You don't need him this week. I understand you have players available. You're going to play them. I I understand that part. But I, I just don't I think it's a bad optic playing Antonio Brown this week against the Dolphins. And also when you go back to a previous case like Ezekiel Elliott who got suspended 6 games for an allegation and no definitive evidence, uh there could be a potential suspension for Antonio Brown later in the season. Uh but before we go to our fantasy segment quickly you mentioned the Dolphins, Minka Fitzpatrick, their uh, second-year safety from Alabama, um, wants out of Miami, as do a lot like of other this. players. I, don't like it I personally don't like that he's already requesting a trade. I know uh, Brian Flores, the new head coach there, is not using him the way he wants to be used. He's be using him as a linebacker, uh, safety spots all over the field. I know Minka Fitzpatrick likes being uh, a slot safety, but if you're Minka Fitzpatrick, second year in the league, you got to earn your stripes, of man. Course, like, how 100%. are you already requesting a trade? From a team, and you've only been in the year. You've only been in the league for two it's years. It's funny the way I look at it, and I understand from the players' point of view. It's the coaching staff. It's the coaching staff. They're they're not um, they're not doing right by me by playing me in the schemes I want. But say you have eleven guys on, on offense and defense, and all those guys request a trade. Don't you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, maybe I'm part of the problem that this team is so bad. What what makes you think another team's going to want me? Uh, and I understand other teams want Fitzpatrick. Don't get me wrong. What uh, f- are you saying? What do you mean? He's got to look himself in the mirror yeah, and say, I'm what s- other teams are going to want me? Yeah. If, every, every team's going to want him. I know Fitzpatrick. I'm talking about other players on the Dolphins that are just not good players, and they, they go and request a trade. What team's going to want you? Because they're going to see you're a part of the problem with the Dolphins. They're just not a yeah, good football you, you, team. You might as well request a trade. I wouldn't request I think it's a bad. I think it's a bad look that he's requesting a trade. And, and there's, there's other people in this league that will do anything. Anything to be even on an 0-16 team, just to be in the NFL, and this guy's taking it for granted. That's how I look at it. Well, I, I, I disagree with, with that aspect. Especially if you're Mika Fitzpatrick. You're in a situation where you're probably yeah, I said I said, except him. Teams are going to want him. So are you saying it's a bad? Are you saying it's a bad optic for Fitzpatrick too, to, to request, request a trade? Yeah, to request the trade, I, I, I think it is. It, but he doesn't have to worry about it because he will get a team that wants him. I'm just saying there's a guy out there that hasn't done anything. Say he's like a backup running back and he requests a trade. Why does he get to request a trade? I'm, I'm sure there's not many too many backup. Yeah, I don't. There hasn't been a list. A All I heard team. there was many. There was many players that requested a trade. I don't know who I except just, for P- Fitzpatrick. I just don't see the problem with Fitzpatrick request, requesting a trade. You got to also remember these guys were sold probably on a vision last year that they were going to be a winning football team going full. And now they're forward. looking like and obviously, 16. yeah, and obviously Gase ended up leaving a lot of changeover in terms of the coaching staff and the front office, but. If I'm Fitzpatrick, I'd be doing the same thing if I was him. I don't play him at all because, like you mentioned, Charlie, he's been out of position. They've been trying to play him in the 3-4 spot in their linebacker position and safety when he's more of a nickelback corner than anything when he came out of college. I I don't disagree with him at all because he's probably the most talented player on that defense. He can go help a winning team right now. And if you can force that, then why not? I I would do the same thing if I was him. Two teams that should go after them right here. Two teams that should go after him are the two teams right here in New York. The Absolutely. Jets and Giants. A the lot Jets of could use them. a lot of people on Twitter have been talking about it, um, but bef- we'll we'll talk more about the Jets and Giants um, in our segments. But right now, let's go to Chris Baccia for our first fantasy seven. He's going to tell us 
who we should start this week. Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. Well, an expert is a bit of a generous title for me. Uh, Sam Darnold is my starting quarterback, so I have to uh, adjust Ouch. that. But I will give you uh, three studs, three duds, and three sleepers. And let's start with the starters. Uh, Tom Brady, only starting in 69% of fantasy football leagues. I find that number to be a bit low. I would be starting him against the Miami Dolphins, probably the worst team in all of football. Todd Gurley. Uh, uh, is facing the New Orleans Saints, and people are curious about him because he, he, he's not getting the bulk of the carries over there. He's splitting with Malcolm Brown because of an injury. But I'm starting Todd Gurley, even if he's splitting carries. Uh, and he only had nine yards in the first half of the last uh, of his first game. So I'm only going to give you the starters, the studs. So it's Brady, I'm starting him. It's Gurley, I'm starting him. And finally, David Johnson. You're probably starting him too, but I want to highlight him as a potential reclamation project. David Johnson uh, went off, and he gets Baltimore uh, this week. I like David Johnson. I like the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks, Chris, for the starters this week. We'll get you later for the studs and the sleepers. But right now we're going to talk about Gang Green and the New York Jets, and uh, I know all three of us have a lot of takes on that. Here's my Jets report for the week. I guess some things never change. Death, taxes, and the same old Jets. After an offseason filled with promise and new moves that were supposed to make the team different than in years past, Gang Green started the 2019 season the complete opposite way most people expect them to, including myself. Last Sunday, the Jets led the Bills 16-0 midway through the third quarter and were well on their way to starting the year 1-0. That's until defensive play signaler C.J. Mosley left the game with a groin injury and didn't return. Buffalo would score 17 unanswered points and hold on for a 17-16 victory, which sent Jets fans home stunned, angered, and pretty much every other word in the book. To make matters even worse, the team has been riddled with injuries since the start of the new week. Quincy Nunwa is out for the season with a neck injury. Mosley and Quinn and Williams are still recovering from their game day injuries. And most importantly, Sam Darnold is out indefinitely with mono. Head coach Adam Gase still believes in his team and is glad Trevor Simeon is in the building to take over the reins for Darnold. Our next man philosophy does not waver. It's about everybody doing their job. That's why Trevor's here. He has the respect of the locker room. I think guys, the, the reaction I got and the, the way that guys looked was, let's go. Aside from the QB dilemma, there's plenty of work that still needs to be done in order for this team to change the narrative that they can't finish games. Newly signed kicker Sam Finken has to do his job. The offensive line must be better, and the wide receivers, according to Gase, have to improve on getting open. Gase got a head start on this issue by trading for Demarius Thomas, his former star wideout in Denver. He gave up a future sixth-round pick to the Patriots in order to get him. Well, the show must go on, and the Jets still have to take the field on Monday night without their franchise QB for a highly anticipated matchup against Baker Mayfield and the Browns. It'll be up to the defense to stop the likes of Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and the rest of the potent players Cleveland has on its roster. If they don't, this game could get ugly, and the Jets will fall to 0-2 in the season. I believe the loss of Darnold will loom large and cause the team to fall to the dog pound 35-10. Monday night will truly be a test for the green and white, and if they fail, the season could be over before we know it. Covering the... <laughs> I'm Charlie Misano, WFUV Sports. Jets and the Browns on Monday Night Football could not 
get any more interesting after this Sam Darnold news. Uh, I, I know Jackson said he was <laughs> depressed before. All I could do is sigh and just say, same old Jets. This It's the same old Jets every damn year. Yeah, but the, the funny thing is about it, before all this this whole week happened, it was the same old Jets during the game against the Bills. You're up 16 nothing. This team's Terrible. looking good. The defense looking good. Yeah, the offense only had eight points, but, hey, they're going to win the game. No, they didn't. They allowed two <laughs> touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They lost the game. And that that at that point, it was like, this is the Jets, of course. And then all this other stuff happened with Sam Darnold and all these injuries. It's unbelievable. The, se- the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not – not kid, I'm not kidding. It's o- it's over. It's over. like I, I thought it was like hyperbole that people are saying. It's oh, not, they go like they could go Dom, all six. Dom, it's over. No, I it's understand. Over. No, believe me, it's I over. understand. It's over. It's, it's, it's over. It's actually we, a possibility. We, New, we have New England next week. It's done. Oh, it's a it's a wrap. <laughs> wrap it up. Stop going to the games, Charlie. Stop reporting. It's done. It's <laughs> over. Because Charlie, first of all, not only does the quarterback have mononucleosis, <laughs> number one, which is going to be a multiple week injury. Uh, that could be for that could be a two month like yeah no, I've, that could I've be had more. friends who have mono I, I, I had they it. were not the same for two I, months I had it freshman year and I was sidelined <laughs> for months this guy's done he's got mononucleosis but what were you doing in that time period that you were sidelined sleeping I was resting I was resting I couldn't I I, I was actually my pediatrician <laughs> told me that I I could sit out the semester and really? I was like I'm not doing that I'm not gonna sit out the semester I mean it's not that bad but but. Number one quarterback. By the way, is, this, is it true that you still have like side effects and symptoms going on today? I I use no. it when it's convenient. When I know I heard that some people. Sometimes have, I say, oh, "Listen, I had mono, so yeah. I need to relax right now. <laughs> if you don't mind, this task is a little bit. If you, I would do it, but I had mono two years ago. But uh, so number one, the quarterback has mono. Number two, number two. Um, Quincy Anun was done for the year, potentially yeah, another, his career. Uh, yeah, They're done. Another. It's over. You have New England next week. They lost to Buffalo. You couldn't lose to Buffalo. You couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't. You could not. Loss. Could not. Could not. Couldn't. <laughs> so it's over. What about Demarius Thomas? What's your take on uh, Demarius? Uh, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a journeyman he, at this point, right? He was really good in Denver, but those days are well behind him. No, I don't know. Um, he's coming off an Achilles tear. That's tough. He's, he's done. That, 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 that's as Belichick as it gets. He, the, the guy probably can't move. In practice. He's gonna he's, he's gonna find a way to hurt the There are some there is some good news. Le'Veon Bell just has shoulder soreness. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. Lovely. Um, hopefully we. I mean, after C.J. Mosley left that left that game last week, that's when the defense just a, a light a light switched and they 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 didn't know how to defend. Yeah. They didn't know how to do anything. So hopefully he can play on on Monday. Uh, hopefully you want to see Quinn and Williams out there first NFL game. He gets hurt. Um, I'm, they might take it easy with him, but I, I think the biggest question mark is the, I, you got to give the offense the credit for losing that game. But the real reason why they lost that game is because they don't have a kicker. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> on to, on top of all the yeah, nonsense we we didn't that's even going it. on with the, the the offensive play calling being terrible, it was like Jeremy Bates was roaming the sidelines and has a <laughs> curse on the New York Jets. To the defense, really not knowing how to defend for the entire game, they got pretty lucky in the first half with. With Josh Allen making a few mistakes and getting a forced fumble I mean, or two. Can, uh, can I ask you a question though? Speaking of offensive play calling, have the Jets ever had a good offensive coordinator in in your no. lifetime? I cannot. I think the difference with this is they have an offensive minded head coach for the first time in a long time. 
So you expect it to be different, especially with a guy like Le'Veon yeah. Bell in the backfield. But the offensive line was atrocious. Yeah. Um, Sam Darnold praised them actually after the after the game, saying they did a great job. It was I was going to mention him. them too. I mean, the offensive line was terrible. Um, Jameson Crowder, yeah, he caught a lot of passes. Can but we he talk about how he caught 14 balls for 99 than, yards? Less than 100 yards. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he caught 14 <laughs> balls. All right. That's you know, was, yeah. How do you not eclipse 100 yards when because he, he caught him at the line balls? of scrimmage? That's that's a gay offense, but it's disgraceful. I see on like their Twitter account, the Jets Twitter account, Jamison Crowder went off for yeah. 99 yards. It's like it's like uh, the PR department is just shoving it down my throat. Jamison Crowder is the next Jerry Rice on the Jets. I don't care. I don't but care. I, I don't care. The, Even I, if he caught 2,000 yards, it doesn't matter. They didn't it doesn't win the matter. Game. The Jets lost to the Bills. It's, it doesn't matter. The one thing I don't like. Quarterbacks got mononucleosis. And, they, and the Jets, they do this every year, and they, ha- and they have to. The social media after the games be like, oh, get them next week. No, <laughs> you won't get them next week. Who's running? Whoever is running, <laughs> yeah. the social They're media blinded. accounts They're is as blinded. incompetent. <laughs> As the, the management, it's it, as and don't, don't don't forget the hashtag take flight after everything. <laughs> by the said. way, guys, take flight. We haven't left the guys, airport. <laughs> We're on the tarmac, guys. By the way, signing uh, Sam Ficken, three of six in his career on field goals. Long, thirty-four. I'm gonna be an, I'm gonna <laughs> be an optimist coming up. 34. I'm gonna be an optimistic here. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the last kicker. week. Is in the past. <laughs> this week is now. They have Sam Ficken. Hopefully, on, he can do Come good. On. Um, you know didn't you have them losing like 35 to 10? Yeah. Yes, I'm you know just saying. You're the optimist. Charlie, you I'm know just trying to be optimistic on the podcast. Charlie, Trevor be- Simeon has that. a plus 500 record as a starter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, re- realistically, realistically, to rein this in a little bit, Cleveland, it's over. Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland is a must win if they lose. As Chris says, the season's over. Trevor Simeon has to do unthinkable things to win this game. Um, and they have the, the their corners who were putrid last week. Oh, terrible! Have to stop you, all the likes of Odell Beckham Jr., no, no. Landris, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, David Njoku. It's going to be a tough task. It's going to be a John tough task. Brown had like eight thousand yards. Yeah, that's why when the Jets play this team, they play the Patriots guys with competent receivers. That oh my it's, lord! It, it might be four hundred yards passing. Real, especially a guy like Tom Brady. I, I I think I think Deshaun Jackson might have. 400 yards. When, well, yeah, when, when they play the Eagles. They play the Eagles. Realistically, we got to talk about Trevor Simeon. I mean, he steps in, hasn't played a game since 2017. Like I said, above 500 a, record as a starter. He's not some scrub coming off. Over uh, 500 uh, when he Not starts. some rookie scrub or just random guy coming on to take over for Darnold. He has experience, and he's won before. So I think that Simeon will be able to control the game early, but then I think overall at the end of the game it'll, is when it'll get ugly. Um, but I, I clearly... Just, Adam Gase has to have confidence in him uh, because he, he has no choice. Uh, the team, Jamal Adams said that they're they're rallying together. They're, they're ready to face this adversity. And, uh, are they? Uh, according to Jamal are Adams, they, really? they are. But overall, this team needs to make something happen against the Browns. Otherwise, um, they could re- realistically win three games again this season. I mean, that's the Jets in a nutshell. Anytime they get some sort of adversity, they the team just falls apart. Mm-hmm. And that 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 like predates any of these guys on the roster. That that goes back to the to the, the Rex Ryan, Ryan era, honestly. Post two AFC championship runs. Look at the 2014 Anytime they season. even saw a lick of adversity. Yeah, they would be a apart. problem. I mean, you, I I you go back to when they were 10 and 6 in games 
game seven, week seventeen. Jeez, excuse me. Against the Bills, ten and five. Anytime they face an ounce of adversity from that defense, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception. I mean that that is that is the New York Jets in a nutshell. Anytime there's any ounce of adversity that they see, the team just falls apart. It happened last year. It's happening this year already. And listen, hopefully they can flip the script somehow. But I mean, if I'm betting on the Jets to the past, I mean, there's no way that they can come back from this. It's crazy to think that I, I know the Browns had um, higher expectations than the Jets. But they this they year. got walloped against they Tennessee did. last week. And I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have the Jets. After that, they have the Rams at Baltimore, at San Francisco versus Seattle at home by week than the Patriots. This is a team that the Browns, if they don't beat the Jets, could be 0-7. The Jets don't beat the Browns, they could be 0-6. These, this is literally the season for both of these teams right here. Imagine the scenes if the Browns lose to Trevor Simeon. Oh, no. man. And, well, and it could happen. And Baker they, Mayfield it throws like happen. three picks again. They might be a disaster, too. I mean, uh, who's this Freddie Kitchens guy? Anybody know anything about him? He could be a, a scam. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, producer... let's, let's be honest. They got penalized like 22 times this week. That the Browns can't get a head coach and they can't get a quarterback. I like Baker Mayfield. I'm a fan of his. I don't know about Freddie Kitchens. They brought in Hugh Jackson. He went one for 31. Our producer in the back, Emmanuel Barbari, points out that uh, he thinks the game won in a tie. (laughs) (laughs) It could. The incompetency is that bad. I mean, would that be worse than a loss? No. So we had this conversation last year. Would you rather rather go. Would you rather go eight and eight or oh oh and uh, sixteen? Right, have sixteen ties. You never lost eight the game. Eight. eight and eight, without a doubt. I don't know. Well, oh, oh and sixteen. It's, That's it's, what Eman said it's last eight year. and eight. <laughs> well, I think Kitchens. What they brought him in, at, he was going to be Baker's guy because he was his QB coach, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I, they got penalized like eleven or twelve or thirteen times. Last, like it was something terrible. It was some kind of record. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. So they're they're maybe just as pathetic. I mean, look at it's the gonna play- be a terrible Monday night game. Look at the players terrible. they have on their team. Great players. I, I wouldn't say they're. Um, I wouldn't say they're basically. Uh, I don't. I'm looking for a word, but I, I don't have a word. You don't think they're great? No, no, they're but, great players. They're right. not. I. I they're can't good on paper, but not. They can't translate on the field. No, nah, that's not even that word. But uh, it'll come to me. <laughs> you guys talk. I'll Regardless, think. we got to move on. We got to talk about Big Blue uh, and their disaster of a week of a week last week. But before we go on to the fantasy segment, I just want to say I know. I did pick the Jets to lose 35-10, but if we're not optimistic uh, talking about it, then it's just going to get worse. Uh, you talked about is, it in your report. You said they're going to lose 35-10. to 10. I don't The season's what, over. I don't know what that means, Charlie. We we, we got to speak truth here. We we, we got to speak truth. Okay. We can't be we can't be, o- we can't be optimists for no. I mean, I don't want to go to the do. I don't want to go to the game on Monday night and just expecting no, a loss. You know? No, you're right. That's why I'm saying I'm you're trying right. to be optimistic. I th- I personally think they'll lose, but. They might surprise us. They might surprise all the they fans could. in the building. That's exactly what you're doing. They could. You're going there thinking, hey, we're going to lose by 25 tonight. It's better the players to better that. not be thinking that. They, no, Le'Veon, oh, Le'Veon even know. tweeted out saying, guys, I hope MetLife is, is ruckus. I yeah. hope it's good. The as players a, better not be thinking as that. As a coping mechanism, it's best to expect the worst. And then th- this is how you're trained as a Jet and a Met fan. You, you expect, and a Nick fan. And a Nick fan. You expect the worst, and then sometime, every once in a while, expect the worst, you get surprised. So that's... That's all you can do is set the bar low. And the bar is low. So it's we're going to take flight into our next segment. Yeah. Uh, I hope you like that, Jackson. I did like that. <laughs> we're I was take... about to say something, but I, I you know. We're going to take good. flight into our next segment. That's the Giants. But before that, let's get another fantasy hit with Chris. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. 
So let me just recap. I told you that I'm starting. My studs are Tom Brady, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson. Here's who I'm sitting. The duds. Kirk Cousins. Don't believe in him. I think he's mediocre. Uh, not buying into the big first week for Minnesota. Uh, Derek Henry had a couple touchdowns and one big ripoff. I always look out for those. If somebody just rips off 75 yards through the air, just be careful with that guy. Speaking of of which Marquise H. Brown, I think he goes by Hollywood Brown. He had a pretty big game, but I'm not buying in just yet. Let's wait. Let's keep him on your bench. Uh, he's a dud. I'm sitting. Cousins, Brown, and Henry. Thanks, Chris. And we'll get one more segment from you later on. But now we're going to talk Big Blue, and our Giants beat reporter, Brianna Leverty, has us with this week's Giants report. The Giants started off their first game of the season on a high note, with an Evan Ingram touchdown on the opening drive of their matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. But things would only deteriorate from there, ending in a 35-17 loss that saw Big Blue only convert on two of 12 third downs. Then, in a move that many thought wouldn't come until later in the season, Coach Pat Shermer benched Eli Manning in the fourth quarter for rookie Daniel Jones who lost a fumble during his first and last drive of the game. The only bright spot for the Giants seemed to be the moderate improvement of the offensive line. They allowed just one sack and enabled Saquon Barkley to average 10.9 yards per carry, compared to his average of five yards for the 2018 season. You know, we had a great offseason, great camp. Uh, you know, the offensive line been playing tremendously um, at a great level. Um, coach has been calling great, especially with the run game. This week, Big Blue is facing a much more manageable opponent in the Buffalo Bills. In order to pull out the win, the Giants will need to convert on third down, and the defense needs to find a way to come together and hold its own against a Bills offense that relies heavily on quarterback Josh Allen's rushing abilities. That being said, Buffalo is coming off an energizing win against the Jets, in which they came back from 13 points down in the fourth quarter. And Eli Manning will also beat without his star receiver Sterling Shepard, who's out with a concussion. As the Giants return home for their first game at MetLife of the season, there's no doubt the team wants to perform for the home crowd. However, I have the Bills just beating Big Blue by a score of 24-21. to 21. Covering the Giants, I'm Brianna Leverty, WFUV Sports. Something I did not expect to hear from Brianna Leverty's mouth. That the Giants are going <laughs> to lose their home opener to Buffalo. Uh, I mean, I thought Buffalo, that this was a surefire win that I predicted uh, last week with Eman and Devin, that they're going to come out come out of the gates hot in their home opener and take this one against Buffalo um, and ultimately finish the season 5-11. and 11. And this, would be, this was one of their wins. So I'm surprised Brianna picked. Uh, Buffalo to win this. I, I'm not really surprised. I I think Josh Allen and company. They're especially in that fourth quarter against the Jets. They they found a different groove, and I think they'll their offense is going to show up against the Giants. Is the Giants defense is just porous at best, and uh, I I don't think the Giants are going to win this game at home. I mean, I know we talked about how terrible the Jets are, but like you want terrible. The Giants are terrible. Yeah, they're I mean, terrible. you just look at the first half after that first drive against the Cowboys, I mean, they had nothing. I, and the Cowboys scored touchdowns on, like, five straight drives or something on yeah, defense. defense is terrible. The secondary is a disaster. Janoris Jenkins looks horrible. 
Uh, the offense, especially too, looks terrible. I mean, what did Barkley get? Like twelve touches? It was eleven carries like for one hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, like so that. That's not a bad game. It's not a bad game for him, but he needs more touches. I mean, yeah. if they want any chance of winning, you got to give the I ball mean, to your the best guy, player. Yeah, exactly. You have to give the ball to your best player, and he's the guy on offense that could take his, the team down the field. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning had a, had a solid game just looking at his numbers, um, but yeah, Saquon's but... the guy you have to give the ball to. And Brianna, Brianna referenced it. They lost 35-17 in Dallas. Eli Manning, not bad numbers, 30-44. Uh, 306 yards and a touchdown. Didn't throw any picks. Sterling Shepard also out with a concussion. That's that's a classic Eli line, though. Yeah, nowadays. but you would expect a lot wasn't, worse wasn't from that, Eli at this point. Wasn't that bad by the numbers because he has a he has a last two drives of the game where he really pads his stats and gets some points on the board. But you you just just from watching that game, it's the same old Giants offense. I mean, it's dumping. Dip and dunk and all that yeah. type of stuff. I mean, <clears throat> Eli's not throwing the ball down the field, which was the big problem. And I, I think it gets clearer and clearer every day that Daniel Jones needs to be the guy that needs to be getting the first. He also threw him in in such a terrible situation. Yeah, exactly. I don't it, take his numbers for by any grain of salt at all. Agreed. Daniel Jones. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it just makes sense to get him in at this point. I mean, they should have did it earlier though. Yes, they, 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 they absolutely should. I'm saying yeah. he needs to be the guy full time going forward because it's. It's clear that right now the Giants aren't a team that's going anywhere this year. That's pretty clear just from looking at their defense alone. We haven't even addressed the offense. But just get this guy some reps. This is a lost year already. You have a quarterback who has a lot to gain from being in the game and a lot to gain from a first year of experience and being there full time and with the first team offense. It makes so much sense yeah, for the Giants to play Daniel Jones. For for the Giants right now, this is how it's going to go. Say you stick with Eli this entire year, then next year when Daniel Jones is finally the starter, that's going to be the trouble year for him. He's going to have to go through the rookie uh, woes. I, I I don't think he's going to be a Patty Mahomes and throw for fifty touchdowns <laughs> his first year as a starter. S- rookies struggle. Patrick they Mahomes struggle. and Eli Manning in the same. <laughs> sentence I <laughs> you don't expect to hear that the thing with Daniel Jones I, I agree with Jackson but the Giants won't do it because they they're going to stick by their guy Eli Manning who won him two Super Bowls yeah but, but that's over yeah I know it's that's, over that's long but that's, gone. I'm just telling you what they're thinking I I think they should start Daniel Jones so have this be his rookie year where the troubles go through everything the next year try to um reinvigorate that defense the offense is there and maybe you can compete for something but right now as it's going next year is going to be um the year Dan- daniel jones one starts. positive i took away from this game evan ingram balled out 11 receptions 116 yards one touchdown he was been he's been so inconsistent since he's been drafted by the giants and um clearly eli manning likes like to throw to him on sunday uh so maybe he'll look to continue those numbers against the bills i i did think he looked good i mean obviously the the drops have been a problem with him in the past. And, I mean, it was good to see him healthy, first of all. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, he's had health issues ever since he's been in the NFL. But I do agree with what you said. I mean, he had the touchdown early in the game that put the Giants on the board. Looked good in the open field, too. He was Eli's probably favorite target during the entire day. But, I mean, there, there are bigger problems for the Giants right oh, now yeah. than that. I mean, I mean obviously Dak, Dak Prescott had a perfect passer rate. I don't, yeah. I, I don't get why people hate on Dak Prescott. No, I mean, no, no. I, I'm not hating. Oh, I, I definitely just... get it. I just, <laughs> I he was he was terrific. I, you can't yeah. say anything else about that. I get the hate, but I, what I'm what I meant to say was he is not as bad as people think, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I I don't think he's a top tier quarterback, no. which is how he's going to be paid for sure by Jerry Jones. So. Uh, I'm just I just think he doesn't get the credit where credit is due for this for the Cowboys team. That Dak Prescott's probably the most volatile quarterback in football right now in terms of whether people think he's really good or people think he's severely overrated. I think he's probably somewhere in between. 
like you said, I, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback that he's going to be paid to be. But at the same time, I mean, he's clearly a quarterback that can lead a team in the playoffs with a good offensive line, a pretty good defense as well for Dallas. So I, I don't think that he's necessarily a guy they have to move on from, but I wouldn't. I'd be very hesitant to pay him the money that he's going to make. Before we wrap up, what are your what are your guys' biggest take on uh, for what the Giants have to do better, I guess? To, they need to be better in all fronts, but what aspect of the team do you expect them to focus heavily on and get better for Buffalo on Sunday? The secondary, yeah, for, for sure. Be. I mean, the secondary was a disaster the entire game in Dallas. I mean, blown coverages all over the place. It looked like a lot of miscommunications in terms of the safeties and the cornerbacks being on the same page because they clearly weren't. There was a lot of broken plays that ended up with guys wide open over the field. Michael Gallup had a huge game. Amari Cooper was open all day. So I, I think the secondary needs to be figured out and needs to be figured out quickly. Buffalo coming back to New Jersey after playing the Jets in MetLife last week. Um, we'll get our picks on that game, the Jet game, all the games of the week. But first, let's go to our Chris for our last fantasy hit. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. Talking about sleepers, let's start in Washington. Chris Thompson, I love this kid. He gets catches out of the backfield, so in a PPR league especially, he'll be big for you as there are injuries at that position in Washington with Darius Geis. Uh, he has Dallas this weekend. Only 11% of fantasy owners are starting this guy. I'm starting him week two. Devin Singletary for Buffalo went off against the Jets, 15 points. He has the Giants again in MetLife. 21% of fantasy owners are starting Singletary. I'm starting him. Finally, the tight end, Mark Andrews, is the guy on Baltimore who I think really breaks through from his big week one. This guy's a rookie, and he was unbelievable. Eight receptions for 108 yards. Only 36% of fantasy owners are starting him. He's a sleeper for me. He has Arizona in week two who were killed by TJ Hawkinson, another rookie tight end. So it's Hawkinson, the tight end, Devin Singletary, the running back, and Chris Thompson, another running back for Washington, who I'm starting. They're my sleepers in week two. Chris, I love Devin Singletary as one of your yeah. sleepers. I have him in all of my leagues. Um, he showed a lot of flashes against the Jets last week, so I'm hoping he has a, a big game against the Giants. And somebody who prompt, who may not just be a sleeper for Week 2, he can assert himself as a real RB2 for the remainder of the season. You know. And, uh, yeah, that, that'll be it for our fantasy hits this week. Thanks, Chris. But now my favorite segment of the show, the Pick'em segment. It's always been great to do. Uh, so let's get it started. This week's NFL picks. We're going to start off with Baltimore versus Arizona. Baltimore killed Miami last week. Arizona tied in Kyler Murray's first NFL game. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Kyler Murray had a good uh, NFL debut, but the Baltimore Ravens are riding high right now, and I really like Lamar Jackson. He's not a running back. I'm going with Baltimore. Ravens defense is a much different animal than Detroit is, and obviously Baltimore being able to host Arizona. It's their home opener. I like the Ravens. I'm buying in on Baltimore. Clean sweep. We all picked the Ravens. Next, the team that Arizona tied with last week, Detroit against Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Detroit blew an 18-point lead. I just don't think that they'll be able to compete uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers, too. They won last week in overtime, 1-0 on the year. Detroit, I just I just don't see them as a contender this year. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers get it done. Chargers, one of my sleepers to come out of the AFC this year. Love what they have offensively, one of the best secondaries in football. I like L.A. I like to be different, but I'm with you guys on this. I really don't like Detroit and picking the Chargers. 
Tennessee versus Indianapolis, an AFC South divisional matchup. Tennessee de destroyed Cleveland last week, and Indianapolis lost in overtime. Uh, I'm going to go different here, and I'm going to say Indianapolis bounces back at home. I actually was going to go with the Colts, too. I picked them to go to the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. Um, he had a good uh, game last week throwing two touchdowns. I know Mariota also had a good game throwing those three touchdowns, but Indianapolis 0-1 on the year. I think they get the win on the road. I'm going to keep this simple. Tennessee looked great last week, and I know Indianapolis, obviously, with an inspired performance in Week 1 with Jacoby Brissett, but Tennessee back at home with the run game. I like the Titans. I'm not a believer in Jacoby Brissett. I don't know why anybody really is. I'm going with Tennessee. <laughs> Cincinnati versus San Francisco for our next matchup. I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. They looked good against Tampa Bay last week, so I'm going to stick with them. I like Jimmy G. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers as well. I don't think the Bengals and Andy Dalton really do anything. They're not sexy uh, enough for me. I'm going with the 49ers on the <laughs> road. That's sexy. <laughs> you know who is sexy enough for me? Oh, no. Andy Dalton. Oh. Baby, the ginger. The Get ginger. out of here. No, in all seriousness, no. Cincinnati at home. Really liked how they played in Seattle this week. Probably should be 1-0. Just want to say they might not have Joe Mixon. That is That would be a big loss, but... I like what they do in the run game. Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard can more than make up for it, and I like them at home too. I like, I do like mixing a lot, but I like San Francisco a little bit better in week two, taking the 49ers. I mean, I don't think we even have to go around and tell our picks for this one. New England versus Miami. I think it's all consensus. The Patriots are going to yeah. destroy. They the have Miami Antonio Dolphins. Brown too, so it's going to be 400 awesome. passing yards for Tom Brady. Unless someone wants to be different and pick Miami. Let me make a quick comment. I'm not picking Miami. No way. But if there's one place that the Patriots have historically struggled on the road, it's, it's there. Miami. Look at the game last year. I a think miracle. the Patriots win, but I think it'll be closer than people think. We will see. But now on to another AFC South matchup: the Texans versus Jaguars. No Nick Foles. I mean, Leonard Fournette did not look good. Uh, Tennessee, not Tennessee, excuse me, Houston, tough loss to New Orleans last week. I think they're going to come out firing and win this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans, too. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. He had some big throws down the stretch in that Saints game. Just couldn't get it done. I don't like Jacksonville, and they also have a rookie quarterback um, going for them. I'm going to go with the Texans. You're not a believer in Gardner Minshew? No, no. <laughs> How can you not Especially be? against the Texans. Nah, in all seriousness, <laughs> I mean, Houston should really be 1-0. The way they lost that game on Monday night was absolutely terrible. But they're much more talented than the Jaguars, especially at the quarterback position. I'll take Houston. Uh, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good, right? We did. What he a, did. What a he name. did look what good. A name, too. What a name. On the road. Give me the Jags. <laughs> All right, cool. I like it. <laughs> I what almost a name. took Give them, too. I, I almost took them. We're going to try and speed this up a little bit. Um, let's do a little more rapid fire. Uh, Green Bay versus Minnesota. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. I, I'm not copying you. I actually have this down, but I'm going the Packers, too. Aaron Rodgers and the offense is going to turn it around. You're definitely copying I'm him, not. Look, I have them all set before he says it. I'm not sold on the Green Bay offense, especially with how they looked against Chicago. I'm going Minnesota. Yeah, Green Bay offense very shaky, but I'm taking the Packers. Uh, I'm taking uh, Aaron Rodgers. Washington against Dallas. Uh, Washington fared well with the Eagles until they got to the fourth quarter in the second half. Uh, I'm still going to go with Dallas. I mean, Washington still has ways to go to be a good team. I want to pick the Redskins so bad because Case Keenum looked so good, but yeah, uh, the, the Dallas boy. Cowboys are going to win this football game on the road. Don't ever sleep on Case Keenum. But <laughs> I like Case I, a lot. I like Dallas. Dallas might be one of the best teams in the NFC. Give me the Cowboys. Pittsburgh versus Seattle. 
Um, Pittsburgh, I think, is going to be on the road for this game. No, they're at home. Oh, they're home? All right. But um, regardless, they looked really bad against the Patriots. And um, I think Seattle will come on the road and beat them. So going to give me Seattle. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is not their year. I think Baltimore's going to win that division. I think the Seahawks will go into uh, Pittsburgh and get the win. Russell Wilson and his two touchdowns last week looked pretty good. Steelers are a disaster, especially that defense. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a big day. I like the Seahawks. Guys, I think the Steelers are going to find a way. Uh, I just think Mike Tomlin will get it together. They're a great program, and uh, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Giants at Bill, uh, Giants home against the Bills. Excuse me, we talked about this game in length. Um, I think that the Giants are going to come out and win this game. Home opener, uh, Eli Manning is going to be good. Um, I, I don't know why I just said that, but I, that's <laughs> what I think. Uh, so give me the Giants. I think the Buffalo Bills um, are going to be a sleeper team to make a wild card run this year. Josh Allen is really good. He showed it in the fourth quarter against the Jets. I think the offense is rolling, the team's rolling. I think Buffalo will beat the Giants at MetLife for a second week in a row. Yeah, give me Buffalo. I think the offense looked good throughout the entire game last week. They had some bad turnovers in the first half. I can be corrected. I think Buffalo is really bad. I think the only way to put more salt in the wound for the Jets is have the Giants, potentially even worse team, beat them. I think the Giants are going to beat Buffalo at MetLife. Me and Chris on the same page With here. With you, Charlie. Four o'clock games, Oakland versus Kansas City. Oakland looked good Monday night football against uh, the Broncos, but Patty Mahomes and that offense just looked so good. Repeat of last year. Uh, give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a juggernaut. The Raiders beat a Denver team, but... Um, I'm going with the Chiefs here. I'm going with the Chiefs. Not much to be said. Give me Patty. I'm with you. Chargers versus Saints. Rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. Really tough matchup to pick. Rams Saints. Yeah, Rams Saints. Saints. What did I say? Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry. Rams Saints. (laughs) (laughs) Los Angeles just got me caught up. But uh, give me New Orleans. They want their revenge. This is such a good game. We're going New Orleans on the road against Los Angeles. Drew Brees is going to throw for three touchdowns. Jared Goff is going to throw one touchdown, two interceptions in this game, mark my words. Wasn't all that impressed with either team, but I, I like the Saints in this rematch. Uh, Chargers, Ram- uh, uh, Ra- Rams, and Saints. <laughs> I got you mixed up now. You got it in my head. Uh, I'm going to be different. Give me a, a L.A. Denver versus Chicago. Chicago looked really bad last week. Mitch Trubisky just looked absolutely awful, but uh, I'm going to say it's a bounce-back week for him, and uh, give me the Bears. I think at home, Denver's going to get it done. I think Joe Flacco was solid last week against Oakland. I, I think he's going to get it done at home. Joe Flacco was not solid last week. I don't know what he I, was. I mean, he was, not, he was the numbers he was, he was fine. He, was not. he didn't turn the ball over. so He was not fine. He did he not turn terrible. the ball over. Threw a touchdown. No, 105 but, uh, passer rating. Mitch Trubisky might, may have been worse, though. I'm oh, going, he was atrocious. But I, I, the Bears are going to bounce back. No worries yeah. there. Uh, Trubisky was ugly, but that defense is stout. Give me Chicago. Sunday night football, the 0-1 Falcons versus the 1-0 Eagles. Ah, I'm going to pick the Eagles again, 2-0 for them. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Eagles at home. I just think they're a really good team. I think Atlanta is home. Oh, sorry, but I'm going to go with the, the Eagles. Yes, they're on the road. But Carson Wentz looked good last week, over 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. MVP candidate Carson Wentz, I'm going with him. Speaking of terrible, that's exactly what the Falcons are. I'm going with... The Eagles on the road. It looks like Emmanuel filled out the spreadsheet in advance of our picks. He made an assumption, but I'm sticking with Philly. (laughs) He made an assumption. Last game of the week, Monday Night Football. The New York Jets and Trevor Simeon host Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I already said it in my Jets report. The dog pound is going to win 35-10. 
both of these teams are not looking good right now. I'm actually going to go with Trevor Simeon and the Jets. I, I think hope the, you're right, by the I, way. I think the Jets will pull this one out at home. Where was the optimism before? <laughs> well, I didn't say I didn't say they were going to lose. You said the season's over, too. That's not me. That was him. <laughs> you agreed. I, I think I winked at it. Even if they win this game, that doesn't mean they're going to win I think this it's game. over regardless. Give, give me the Browns by 30. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they did it on. They did it last year. I think Cleveland's going to beat the Jets in prime time, and it's not going to be pretty. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of NFL Friday. Really enjoyed the show with you guys. Once again, Charlie Masano alongside Dominic Capone, Jackson Heil, Chris Boccia with our fantasy hits, and Emmanuel Barbari in the back. Stay tuned next week, week three edition of our show. Different crew. I don't know who will be on the show, but uh, you'll get some new takes. The NFL been crazy this year, uh, but overall... The show has been uh, pretty fun today, so I'm glad we were on it. Catch you guys next week. NFL Friday's production of WFUV Sports.